Welcome to TA1. I'm your host, legendary Randy Erickson. I have a chili dog at my feet, so sort of like a fireside chat, only we don't have a fire going. Today's episode is a little, well, it's not really that much different than any other one other than um, it's with my friend Alex Flynn. And Alex, I consider a good friend, somebody I really like. And we've never met, but we'll explain that during the podcast. But I'm not sure that that's not not uh, that unusual anymore. I remember going to Untamed New England, and uh, Clay Abney picked me up at the airport and realized that we'd never met before. So um, it happens all the time. Part of the fun of going to races to meet people that I haven't talked to and spent some time with but haven't met so that's that and this is also a little bit different because there's get this there's some like serious parts of the podcast and as you'll hear um alex has parkinson's and that's kind of uh why he does what he does so i think i think you should really listen to this one it's pretty cool it has some some interesting things to say about his uh, about the disease and what it's done for him. Other than that, um, not much going on. Kind of uh, springish around here. We're going to get some get a good hike in tomorrow. Chili is feeling way way better. I've done a couple of good hikes and she's being excited to get out. So that's good. Um, she had some liver problems and some uh, urinary tract infection and that's all getting cleared up and she's eating well and playing hard so you uh, that's good mm, not much other news couple things didn't happen what that's uh, normal right we just keep plugging away so go fast take chances and congaloosh Mm-hmm. Hi, mate. How are you doing? I'm doing okay. I'm drinking a cup of tea. There's a massive electrical storm outside. It's peeing down with rain, and yeah. I'm in my new house. Well, sounds like a good day. Sounds like an awesome day, although I've had about three and a half hours skip, and I'm absolutely shattered. Well, what that's uh, what's new, right? What's new? Yeah, does doesn't help with the Parkinson's, but uh, no, I suppose once she gets tired. Yeah. So, but, um, let's see. I'm okay. I have a, a new system here. What and, system is that you're going to be using? Well, it's um, I'm recording off of what is it called? Audio Hijack, the new one. Uh huh. Because the old one, apparently they updated it and they broke it. Because <laughs> I've done two podcasts with um, Dave Adler yeah. from Expedition uh, Alaska. And they both sounded okay. And then when I go and play them back, his end of the conversation was in, I, literally it was garbled. It was, it was gibberish. Um, so I did some research and apparently, yeah, they, they broke it updated it and broke it so now I'm on a new one and I think everything is working okay it, and it's a little better too because I have 
So let's let's get a little geeky here. So I'm recording my end of the audio in GarageBand, and then the Skype audio into the hijack and then combine the two so i think everything's working okay and you're gonna edit it edit 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 it out yeah i just put it together and just cool. uh, just just in garage band i don't do much much editing just uh you know if there gets to be any sometimes you know you get a little lag and you get those big pauses but we shouldn't have that problem so no i think we'll be i think we'll be okay we're almost we're almost hear? neighbors. Hey, buddy, you're up in up in South Dakota, and I'm in down yep. in Texas. Yeah. So, um, well, where should we start? First of all, why don't you tell people who you are, and then we'll we'll figure out where we got how we got into this mess. <laughs> okay. Um, my name is Alex Flynn. I'm an adventurer, um, ultra runner. I also have Parkinson's disease. I've had it since, well, 2008. Yeah, June 12th, 2008. And since then, I've done a bundle of interesting and foolhardy um, events to raise, uh, try and raise a million pounds for Parkinson's research, most notably completing 10 million meters around the planet, 6,214 miles. So. Were you um, were you an adventurer before? <laughs> um, depends on what you would call an adventure. <laughs> um, no, I, I think I think I was I was quite happy running marathons, generally running races, not with any specific goal in mind apart from just having fun. And I think that that's what most people miss when they when they get into rain, running competitively. Or, or running in, in, in general, they, they lose sight of the fact that actually they did it for fun in the first place. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, that's what I was doing. And uh, I was training for the Marathon de Sable actually back in 2007. Um, I started training for the Marathon de Sable of 2009, back in 2007, I should say. And... Mm -hmm literally five months after deciding to do it, I get diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And that was a game changer for me. And my life has just evolved in ways that I could never have imagined ever since. Positively, I may add. Yeah, yeah. So, well, it's kind of that thing that's, you either, I would guess, and and if I say something stupid, which you know I will, because you know me, um, you either go one or two ways when you get that diagnosis, right? You either go the way you did, or you go lock yourself in a room, right? I think you know you, there are, there are two choices: you either stand up and face the wave that's breaking over the bow of your boat, or you you curl up in a ball and let it hit you. Yeah. And I think I'm one of the people. I think I'm one of the type of people that stand up and face it. Yeah. And I think that's my way of coping with it, my way of dealing with my diagnosis. And and actually running and sport have helped me enormously, although I haven't done as much as I would like to have over the last year. But I'm hoping that will change. Yeah. Well, you did just move from England to Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
with Europe, yeah. Europe to Texas is uh, is a ways, and uh, it's it's kind of different here. It's very flat, yeah, which is unnerving because I like it undulating. You know, I like uh, I like mountains, I like hills, and uh, the other day I was overexcited to find a little gradient that went up in a road, and I thought, <laughs> wow, it must 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 go up about three three meters. Awesome, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna run this. Um, yeah. yet to do it, but we'll be doing it this week once uh, these lightning storms pass. Yeah, I know. That's uh, when Paulette and I lived in Sioux Falls. I'm not, I'm not going to say that the interstate overpass was, was the tallest climb, but it was pretty close. But, but, you know, you find those little spots and you just go do repeats, right? Yeah, you do. And if you yeah. drag in a t- car t- tire behind you, then all the better. So... Um, did you have to get the new Google Translate app for your phone so you can understand the Texans? <laughs> I, I think, I think I'm, I'm muddling through. I'm muddling through. Yeah. You know, um, the, everybody here has been exceptionally kind and very warm and welcoming, and including our new neighbors. So uh, I can't really complain. It's when I start um, making noise and putting stuff together and dragging boxes from cars with of sports kit in in the middle of the night because yeah. I can't get the van until God knows what time of the day. Um, then they might complain, but uh, yeah. it's only for a short period. Yeah. So, so well, um, welcome. Welcome. Why? I know why, but why are you in Texas? Wife got a job here. Um, I've got a job here, but it sort of sort of dovetails nicely into what I'm planning on later this year. Yeah, because in August I plan to do Primal Quest, yeah. and that's 450 miles of brutal racing, which I'm promised will be life-changing. I, <laughs> I'm, I, I guess. I'm hoping. Yeah. So how's how's uh, how's your Primal Quest going so far? We don't have, you know, for the people listening. I know some of this stuff, and and I really love this part where I know things and nobody else does, and we can't tell them. <laughs> so, Primal Quest but, is, is 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 coming together slowly for me. At the yeah. moment. What with moving and everything else, training has just yeah. gone out the window, which is which has been frustrating, but actually has given me more resolve to get it right and get the training done correctly. But uh, finding places to climb around here. Yeah. Um, I'm thinking I'm going to have to just get myself a truck and get out to Colorado, to be quite frank, to do some some sizable hill work. Yeah. Well, you know, if you could drive to Colorado, you could you could probably drive here just as easily. Yeah, I heard. Come play, uh, I've heard some, come play some with good us. running up there, mate. There's good running. We got we got good climbing. We got, uh, you know, come come play with us. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Give give me a couple of months to yeah. be able to get some brownie points this end, and I will come. That's that works out. Works out good. We're uh, yeah. That's Paulette's Paulette's in Florida kayaking, which I, I don't know if that's really training, but she's having a good time. But it, yeah, I mean, it's. I think in in some ways though, moving is pretty good training for Primal Quest. <laughs> I tell you, get, you no know, sleep. You're using your whole body. Yeah, you're stressed. I, I tell you, the amount of lugging of heavy stuff around and boxes and stuff. It's 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 a complete full over body workout. It's been absolutely yeah. fantastic. And um, sleep deprivation and endurance, um, it's up there. Yeah, <laughs> so it's kind of cool. So. Um, 
we'll go back to the ADD podcast here. After, well, why, how did you get diagnosed? What, what was? I picked you know? up a cup of coffee uh, and my right finger shook, trembled, yeah. tremor, I guess. And I looked at it and I thought, I didn't do that. That's not me. And when your body does things that you're not telling it to do, and you start to question, is it really, did, did it really happen? And then when it comes back again and repeats and repeats, then you know you've got a problem. And um, I was diagnosed by, um, by a number of different doctors altogether, putting their, their information, pooling their information together. And uh, yeah, I have to say it was, was, uh, real kick in the teeth I was in a really black dark space for a while and actually sport and running pulled me through mm-hmm. that and understanding that I've got a family and I need to be more than just miserable um, yeah. in, 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 more than in just, just in a miserable place you know I needed to pull myself together to do something about it and actually I got angry and anger has pulled me through most of everything I've done I mean, when I was running across Europe, uh, day three, I got a stress fracture in my right tib and I carried on running on it. And after a while, it's like having a piece of two by four smashed into your front shin, every footfall. And you've just got to focus on why you're doing it and what you're doing it for. And I got angry about it. And, uh, I think that's what got me through. Yeah, interesting. How I mean, how long after your diagnosis were you? Did you decide to do this stuff and and then start doing it? Um, well, I went out to do the marathon de Sable in two thousand nine, mm-hmm. and I got a heart infection and viral pericarditis, and I was running with this overly overly heavy backpack for. Um, a number of days, and I got to mm. day three, which was the long day, and I passed out on the start line, and they woke me up after pumping me full of um, saline and glucose, and said, "What are you, are you okay?" I said, "Yeah." They said, "What do you want to do?" I said, "I'm going to finish what I bloody well started." Mm. Probably ran off into the desert and got lost, <laughs> and yeah, and you know, it, it, it's it's sobering being lost in the Sahara Desert. I can tell you, and yeah. We, yeah. And when I got to checkpoint one, I was all over the place. Um, and they thought I was dehydrated, so they gave me another IV, which took me out of the race. Um, but in reality, it was, it was only the next morning that they found out that I had viral pericarditis. Hmm. And I was, I was a bit peeved, I think, um, to be quite frank, that I'd only raised about a thousand pounds for a certain Parkinson's charity. And thought that I could do better. So I'm sort of licking my wounds and, and nursing my pride, I guess, back at, back in England about a couple of weeks later. I'm with a friend of mine called Rich Merry. And Rich was asking me, what am I going to do? And I said, well, I'm going to raise a million pounds for Parkinson's research. And he said, how are you going to do that? And I said, well, my math equates to one million meters, pound a meter, million pounds. I'm a genius. Yeah, simple. 
And he said, that's only about 620 miles, mate. We run a bit. And I said, yeah, we do. Oh, I'll do 10 times that, I said. And it was all bravado. He said, yeah, but only the races count. And that was it. Yeah. And 10 millimeters was born. And I think my first event was running the length of the Ridgeway in the UK, 85 miler. And uh, it's a beautiful run. Yeah. Yeah, it's absolutely beautiful. Get it on the right day when it's not raining. And it's, it's just a joy to do. End of, end of August 2009 was when I started it. Yeah. And I want to touch on, on all the stuff you did, but let me ask you this. And I, are you a better um, father, husband, person now than you were before you got the disease? That's a very good question. In some ways, um, and I'll be fair and say, in some ways, it's made me more selfish, mm-hmm. um, mainly because I like, well, I have events and things that I want to raise awareness of Parkinson's with, and that takes me away from my family. Yeah. I mean, America, I was away for 50 days, although I traversed yeah. America 3,256 miles in 35 days using four disciplines. Um that was 50 days in the bag. And then, of course, I'm then jetting off to, I jetted off to, to Greece to run the Athens Classic and then two weeks later to Shanghai to run the marathon there. And that can be hard. And I'm very grateful and very happy that my my family are as supportive as they are. Yeah. Um, but having the time at home I'm I'm around my my baby, my baby boy more than anybody who does a nine to five. Yeah, yeah. You know, and that that to me is priceless. I get to see him, I spend time with him, and I and if my my eldest two were out here in America with me, I'd spend time more time with them. So I think yeah. in ways it's and it's also focused me, taken me from working you know stupid hours a week in an office to actually having a broader appreciation of the world in general and to be able to share that with my family and my sons is just terrific. Yeah. So it's a trade-off. So yeah, you're gone, but you're home more. I mean, yeah. It's kind of, kind of paradoxical paradox, but it sort of seems like, cause it's um, basically anytime we talk, you're taking, you know, you got your, Got your kid around, and he's having. Sounds like he's having a good time. So he's a tornado. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a tornado. He runs really well, actually. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. Well, in fact, all my boys run really well. Uh-huh. Um, and I was taking taking my um, and then my little ones were my oldest, I should say, were eleven and ten respectively. They were doing fourteen-kilometer runs with me. Yeah, and, that's pretty uh, amazing. That's pretty amazing. And little guy just likes to run. It's all about running, Daddy. You know, let's yeah. run, Daddy. So we run. Yeah. So do you, and probably too early for you to know, but do you think this is going to influence um, what they do in their life? You know, the Parkinson's and what you're doing. Do they see this and think, well, you know, maybe I should, these would be kind of cool things to do. I th- I think it's just kind of interesting that um, 
It's a good point you raised there. Do I feel that it gives them any influence on what they're going to be able to do? I, yeah. I think, I, I hope so. In fact, I know that my eldest, Max, he's, um, he's 15 and he's going to uh, be disappearing off to the Atlas Mountains to hike around them, and hang out with the Berber out in Morocco, which is just mm -hmm. awesome. And uh, <laughs> I'm very jealous, actually, because yeah. uh, I like Morocco. And mm. he's going to have a lot of fun. And uh, it's the start of an adventure, I hope, which will lead to other endeavors at a later point. But what I hope, what I, what I hope, what I'm doing will give them is a sense of determination to see something through, whatever the name that that may be. It mm. doesn't have to be extreme sport, but if they put their mind to something, they know that they can achieve it. And I hope that goes out to other people who are equally in a, in a position, uh, same position, you know, that it really doesn't matter what I've done crossing continents and other things and bits and bobs, but people with, 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 with disease or like Parkinson's, some people can't get 10 feet across their room. Yeah. So for them to be able to think, well, if you can do that, then I can, I can cross my room. That to me is incredible. You know, and I want my kids to have that determination to be able to say, I want to see this project through, or I want to be able to achieve this, or I want to be able to um, reach a certain goal. Yeah. And to be able to put their mind and body and, and effort totally into it and achieve it and have that sense of fulfillment and happiness. I think that that's what I want for them. Well, that's... Yeah, I can see that coming, but you you do know that the downside of that is right. The downside is no matter what they come to you with some weird, bizarre thing, you can't say no. Yeah, you're right about that. It's when <laughs> when 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 my eldest turned around to me and said, "Dad, I, I fancy going to Morocco." Not yeah. that there's a problem with Morocco, but in the yeah. countries nearby, there's a caliphate and the rest of it, and it's all a bit. It's a bit tense at the moment all yeah. around that region, and uh, I was a bit wary of him going, but I couldn't say no, so you're completely mm -hmm. right. So um, when, my, when my second eldest wants to throw himself off a bungee jump in a bridge somewhere in South Africa, I, uh, quite rightly, I probably wouldn't be able to say no. His yep. mother will kill me for saying that. <laughs> Just tell him to make sure the camera's turned on before he jumps. Yeah, and that his feet are properly bound. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the the events you did for the for the 10 million meters? Because um, there's some really cool stuff in there. Yeah, I mean, I crossed a distance of, of uh, 200 and something or other marathons, 30-something other marathons. Um, I ran 100 and, well, it was a bit, did the inaugural Europe 135, which was based on the bad water experience by these mm -hmm. bunch of Germans who wanted to run across the Bavarian Alps. And I turned up and there were five of us. And I had a co-runner, Dave, Dave Clamp, who I owe a huge amount of debt mm -hmm. and appreciation to. Um, and the course was flooded out so badly in places it turned out to be 160 miles. We did that in 52 yeah. hours. That was amazing. That was, and it was, it was, it was, 
it was the longest run I'd done at the time and was actually the, the determiner for thinking about running from London to Rome. And that came the year after, um, which was, which was, I think one of my, one of my top events that I think I've done the top of achievements, certainly, um, 1,457 miles in 30 days. And because I'd got that stress fractured right tibia, um, we ran from London to Dover, took the boat over Calais, Bruges, Ghent, Brussels, got to Brussels and turned around to Dover and said, what are we doing now? And he sort of nonchalantly said, oh, we're running to Paris. Well, of course, that's what everyone does when they come to Brussels. Yeah. Yeah, you run to Paris. So we ran to Paris. And by that point, about 100 miles south of Paris, um, my, my, my tendons were about, I had enough of trying to hold my leg together. Um, so I had to ride a bike and I got the heaviest mountain bike on the planet, <laughs> 60 pounds special from decathlon, cheap as you like, and um, rode this thing across the Alps and um, rode, it into, um, rode into Rome and ran down past the Colosseum. And yeah, it just uh, it led to me meeting the Pope and getting blessed by the Pope, which was a, a surreal experience. And that was that was that was epic. And it was my first first seriously seriously long endurance event, and was a very steep learning curve for me. Um, but that also led on to America, mm -hmm. and America was. My Transamerica Challenge was is is and still remains the biggest thing I've ever done, which was three thousand two hundred fifty six miles, and I cycled from Santa Monica Pier on the west coast to Mount Whitney, climbed the, the Mountaineers route on Mount Whitney, ran down the mountain, ran one hundred thirty five mile reverse bad water across uh, Death Valley, cycled yeah. across the states to Lake Erie, kayaked Lake Erie, and I, I have to say I'm scared of water so. Yeah, this and we'll was, get to the, we'll get more about that, that was, in a little bit. <laughs> that was that was that was that was oh, that was a big thing to uh, take on, um, but the weather closed me down, and I cycled from I had to cycle from Cleveland um, out to Toronto via Buffalo, and then across the mountains to New New Jersey, and then um, across the George Washington Bridge to the Columbus Circle, and then ran down the Broadway to finish. Now, I was going to swim to the Statue of Liberty, but the uh, park service said they'd arrest me for being a terrorist. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm thinking, hmm, okay. Um, well, everyone else says, yeah, it's cool, and you don't. Great. Um, yeah. But they, 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 were, they were very kind and helpful on Mount Whitney, so I can't, uh, can't say anything too bad about them. Yeah. They, the U.S. government gives, and it takes away. So. Yeah. yeah. Now, I've also run... A, in the Amazon, I did three different races. I did the um, Jungle Ultra from Beyond the Ultimate in the Amazon, Peruvian Amazon. Um, then did the Lavarito Ultra Trail in Italy, and then did the um, Beyond the Ultimate Mountain Ultra in Colorado, and across that distance of almost 500 kilometers in nine weeks, all told. Yeah. yeah. So it was a it was a busy period. Well, you you left out the most important part of the Transamerica, though. What was that? 
Well, that's where we met. Oh, crikey. <laughs> yeah, we did. So, we did, because you lent me the um, the microphones. Yep, the recording gear. So this, I find this kind of funny because um, Alex, was a, when I first put, started the podcast and put together my list, you were probably fourth or fifth on the list. And just through one thing or another, you know, we kind of kept waiting for things. And it's like, well, when we're, you know, we'll do this then. And, and uh, finally, I just said, we need to do this now. And I consider Alex, I don't know, one of my best friends, one of my good friends, let's Thanks, put man. it that way. And we've yeah. never met. <laughs> but isn't that, I mean, there's quite a few people like that in the world right now that I, yeah. I know. So. Well, you know, I'm, I'm getting closer, mate. That's true. Yeah, we're at least well. We're only one time zone off now. So one time zone away from a beer. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> good. So, um, what? So, where did you finish the ten million meters at? Dubai. Dubai, unconventional and very flat marathon. Mm -hmm. But I, 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 I really sort of my preparation for it was slightly bizarre. Um, I went out uh, the October before January, October 13, to Montreal for the World Parkinson's Congress. Mm -hmm. And a friend of mine offered to race me for a 100-meter dash, 100-yard dash. Mm -hmm. He said, because you run long distance, I beat you. And I said, no, I no, kick your ass. Of course, red rag to a bull, I sped off, and I beat him, and I won, which was great. Yeah. <laughs> Tripped over my own shoelaces, landed on my knee, and got um, prepatellar bursitis, um, which was <laughs> so painful. I had the best pimp walk you've ever seen. And I'm <laughs> thinking, oh, crap, because I've signed up to finish 10 million meters with media, the whole kit caboodle. Yeah. In January, what have I done to my knee? So I went and uh, had my knee MRI and... Uh, the guy said, you know, the amount of miles you've done, your knees are in perfect condition, which I was really chuffed with, apart from this bursitis. So I took time out to the end of December, beginning of January, mm -hmm. and rested up. So I only had about three weeks, and in that three weeks, I suddenly realized I'm, 200 and, no, I'm 358 kilometers short, mm -hmm. plus a marathon of the distance of 10 millimeters. So if I don't do these 358 kilometers, I won't make 10 million meters. Yep. So I tried to get a, a road bike, but the, the, the and uh, somebody's ride with me because you know it's boring riding on your own. Yeah. And it was bitterly cold and busting down with rain every day, and I just thought I'm not prepared to do 358 kilometers in this because I'll just end up ill, and then I won't be yeah. able to do Dubai. So I bought myself a spin bike, <laughs> and I did 358 kilometers in two days on a spin bike, and my yep. backside has never forgiven me. Yeah, right. so, yeah, it's, yeah, so it's a lesson learned. And uh, I went out to Dubai and uh, finished it, but um, my, my preparation for it was just was, was heavy. I'd, I'd done 6,000 kilometers of racing mm. alone in the year before, so... I think my body at that point in time was saying to me, you need to rest. Yeah. But I made yeah. it. 
that, that was important. Um, the, the, you know, you're raising a million pounds. Is which is which really in the long run is more important, raising the money or raising the awareness? The awareness. The awareness because the disease itself is so spectacularly misunderstood. I mean, the other day, the 11th of April, was it the 11th? Could have been a bit l yeah. last week. Yeah. was World Parkinson's Day. Mm -hmm. Where was the news? Where were the interviews? Where was the mm -hmm. TV? Where was the media? There was nothing. There were a few statements from some charities, but people really don't know about it. Did you know yeah. that April is Parkinson's Awareness Month worldwide? Yeah. But nobody's, yeah. nobody's talking about it. And most people misunderstand it as being an old person's disease. But quite frankly, it's, it, didn't, it's not it doesn't discriminate. It's all-encompassing. And the youngest mm. is, that I know of um, was a nine-year-old boy. His name's Matt Eagles, and I know him. And he's a, a thoroughly fantastic chap. But nine years old, to have a diagnosis like that, I mean, he, he, he's remarkably resolute and, and sturdy about it. But to be honest, many people, there are millions of people out there who have this diagnosis and it is so destructive on their lives and their morale. And, you know, people need to understand um, a bit more about the disease and also the impact socially because uh, by 2050 it will cost 50 billion alone in the US to treat diseases like Parkinson's so is that just um, you know is it growing or is it that people with Parkinson's are living longer I mean is being diagnosed more or I, I think uh, we're getting better at diagnosis mm -hmm. and I think but I think that the rate of personally, yeah. and I, obviously this is my opinion, um, I think the rate of diagnosis for young people is on the rise. Yeah. And yeah. That, that, that can be completely earth-shattering, especially if you've got a really great career in front of you, and then suddenly, you know, You've got to have something, you've got to have a goal to focus on. And my goal was and is um, my events. Yeah. So, um, since we're, you know, I'm not, I'm not real good at being the serious podcast. <laughs> no, be, 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 be. I, okay, I am. This, this is what, and then, and then we'll have more fun. But how much longer will you be able to do stuff? What do you, I mean, what is your feeling? Right now? Because I'm sure there's the going to be a day when... At the level that I'm doing it at at the moment? Yeah. Probably another two years max. Okay. So this this Primal Quest will be the one and only. Yeah. The the, the race, the ride across Asia will be the one and only. The climbing the mountain will be the one and only. And yeah. then the ride in the Pacific, well, 2016 is my last chance to do it. Okay. And... Um, that I think physically, physically I'll still be able to run marathons and the rest of it. But I think doing it, doing things on a massive scale, yeah, um, that will have to change. 
but it doesn't mean that I can't go out and, and hike and do other yeah. things like that. But to feel that I'm being competitive for myself, I mean, I, I don't, I never come first, but that's not the point because I'm yeah. coming first in my mind because I'm challenging my disease. Um, but yeah. So, so you've got, you know, three, four or five events and then, and then it's just going to be you doing what you want. Um, we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I, well I, see. this is what, this is what I'm seeing. It's like in six months from now, they're like, oh yeah. And then in 2017, we're going to, I'm going to do this. And <laughs> I, yeah, I think there'll be, uh, they'll, uh, they'll, 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 we'll they'll, go out. You'll, we'll go out and I'll drag you along behind me. How's that sound? Uh, that sounds fantastic. I mean, to be honest, I'm becoming more flexible and more, open to alternatives mm -hmm. as I go yeah. because of necessity, but, but also because of the fact that, you know, I'm, I'm becoming more broad-minded rather than sort of narrow and stubborn as I used to be. Yeah. Well, you were really focused on the 10 million meters and now you're, I mean, you, you accomplished that, got that done. Now it's okay. What can we do to, to highlight this that in, in, Tell me if I'm wrong, if I'm wrong, but you want to have some fun doing it too, right? I want to have some fun. And uh, I kind of picked a bunch of guys to be on a team with me that, um, yeah. that I'm hoping will <laughs> provide a, a whole bunch of fun. And I think yeah. it's going to be very tough. Um, yeah. Prim Primal Quest, um, the guys there asked if I wanted to be put on the team or did I want to make my own team? I said I'd, I'd, I'd have a go mm -hmm. at trying to fulfill places on the team. Yeah. And I went out and uh, got in touch with Ian Adamson, but Ian's busy. Yeah. Um, so I spoke with Mike Closer. And Mike said he'd stopped doing races like Primal Quest. Yeah. But he'd do one with me it's uh pretty pretty amazing i mean you know that's a that's a big deal that's uh, I, I think i think from my perspective he understands what i'm trying to achieve yeah and he is a really really incredible human being for, yeah. for putting himself forward yeah and on top of that nick gracie and sally osmond from team adidas terex mm -hmm. have joined yeah. the team and Hopefully, if I can secure the right sponsorship in the last yeah. couple of, the next couple of months, then we'll be racing. Yep. And it's going to be it's going to be one of the toughest races I've done, um, or will do, I think. Yeah. So, yeah. Feeling, feeling, amazing. feeling. I'm sat in my uh, my mostly empty house at this moment in time, thinking <laughs> I've probably bitten off more than I can chew. Three world champions and uh, and <laughs> me. I've got to really pull my socks up on this one. Well, don't. Um, here's here's what you have in common with them. So, Mike and Nick have both been on the podcast. So at least you have that in common. That makes it that makes it cool. I like that. <laughs> so, um, other. Let's see. How do I want to put this? How does the Parkinson's affect your training and racing? 
or how how does it how does your train no let me do it this way how does your training and racing affect the parkinson's when i'm racing and i'm running and doing cardiovascular exercise i'm actually a lot better off than i am when i'm doing weight work mm-hmm. but weight work you have to do because you need muscle mass lean muscle mass to be able to support your skeletal frame yeah. um and that is a catch-22 because yeah. if I do too much weight work, I'll end up shaking. Um, but at the same point in time, if I don't do enough, then I'm not getting enough support around my joints. Yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm, I find that I'm better every day when I run. And I haven't run properly for a, a wee while now because I've been moving house and trying to find my feet under and in, in, in a new land mm-hmm. and um, made me to change that from uh, from this week onwards well I've got to because otherwise I won't be able to it's <laughs> no. yeah well it's an interesting it's interesting that you say that that you feel better because quite honestly Paulette feels better when she does something with her from her injury so how do you do you think you can how do you well maybe people just see that from you but like get out and exercise you'll feel better well it's it's not just feeling better i mean it's it's clinically proven that um in in clinical trials involving small mice that mice mm-hmm. who've who've run three times a week will have neuroregenesis which is they'll have new neurons in their brain Mm-hmm. which is what with Parkinson's you lose. Yeah. And the best medicine that I know for Parkinson's, because all the medication and all the pills that I take from the doctors and pharmaceutical companies at this moment in time don't do anything but mask my disease. Yeah. The best medicine is to get out and run. Yeah. Walk, do something, ride a bike, be, cro- be proactive cardiovascularly. And I think that you will find that people with, with neurological diseases find themselves feeling better, moving better. And plus you produce a shed load of endorphins that your brain just loves and your body yeah. feels fantastic afterwards. And linked with that is the rise in serotonin, which makes you feel happy all over. So um, exercise is good. It's better than the best pudding on the planet. Well, that's okay. That's a little bold statement, but <laughs> I like pudding. You like pudding. I love pudding, and if I didn't didn't exercise, I'd be the size of a house. Yeah. Yeah. But, so, yeah. Quite honestly, you know, Paulette and I have a couple of friends. One of her good kayak buddies has, you know, has Parkinson's, and um, I I know for a fact that just when he was watching the Trans America, it's like he started moving more i mean he it's not that he didn't that he stopped but i think he it caused him to do a little bit more so um, i think if, every, we, if yeah, i think if everybody everybody irrespective of whether or not they've got parkinson's mm-hmm. everybody including those that don't have any malady or illness or anything yeah. like that but if we all moved and we all did exercise stood three times a week it doesn't have to be more than half an hour but the benefits to people, you know, avoiding cancers, yeah. 
the, the, the as long as you're exercising right and correct form, the 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 benefits for sleep, the benefits for feeling good, the benefits to mood, and your general health is immeasurable. Yeah, yeah. You know, and if if I can get people to move more, then that's fantastic. I think so. All right, I'm going to get one more question about this, and then and then I want to talk about the stuff you got coming up. Cool? Yeah, cool. Okay. Um, if if you could go back, would you and and not have Parkinson's? Would you? Part of me says yes. Part well, of me, part of me says, yeah. part of me says no. <laughs> yeah. And no, for the simple fact that. I would probably not have achieved or had the experiences and the lived an incredible amount of life without the disease. Yeah. And I'm not used as a crutch per se, but to be honest, it's given me a focus. Mm-hmm. And that drive and focus was, is probably more was probably more concentrated than I've ever been in my life, especially with 10 millimeters and with what's yet to come, it'll drive me hopefully further to, to achieve further epic goals and hopefully just change people's attitude towards their disease. But I, to be honest, no, I probably wouldn't change a thing. I'd like there to be a magic button that says, press this button now for it to stop. So, but, yeah, I mean that. If, okay, I see if, that. Yeah, but yeah. you know, that 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 that's a ways off. Yeah, it's like okay, I'm yeah, I'm done with this. Let's let's move on to something else. But yeah, so okay, so you mentioned a couple of things that you still want to do. Obviously, Primal Quest. So are you kind of looking at one thing a year now? Maybe no. like Primal Quest this year or no? Primal Primal Quest is is this year. Yeah. This this calendar year, but yeah. within the next just over a month, over a year, um, I want to ride across Southeast Asia. Mm-hmm. I was invited by the Malaysian Parkinson Society to, well, they wanted me to run across Malaysia, which I was happy to do, but someone said, well, why don't you ride? And I yeah. said, well, if I'm going to ride, I might as well ride a bit further than that. So we dreamt up this plan for me to ride from Vietnam through Cambodia, through Thailand, through Malaysia to Singapore, mm-hmm. and film it for TV. Yeah. Um, so all of that is still in the mix at the moment, yeah. but it's 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 really good. And I think I was talking to you about coming out and doing that. So mm-hmm. that works. It'd be great if you're on there, mate. Um, yep, I'm still there. So let me just touch on that for a second. Yeah. How frustrating is it? Because I know you got pretty close a couple of times to making it happen. I think it's really it's it is is truly frustrating, and I have to yeah. keep kicking myself in the pants to say, metaphorically speaking, of course. Yeah. Um, well, you know, metaphorically, just keep going to Paris, right? Yeah, just 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 keep just keep kicking myself and just saying, look, you know, you can achieve this, and you will get the sponsorship, you will get the, you will be able to achieve this. Yeah. Um, what I want to do is I want to do it right. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to cut corners and end up in a position where I might might regret starting off on a journey that might end 
tragic. Not at the end. <laughs> not at the end. Um, so that costs a little bit of money. And what I'm yeah. hoping is to get the sponsorship for that. But coming close a couple of times has been <sighs> frustrating. But yeah. it's, it's, it's part of the learning curve and it's part of the yeah. adjustment that you have to make every time. You know, if you... If you write, if you, the more no's you get, there's always going to be close. It's going to be every no is closer to someone who will say yes. Yeah, yeah. So that makes sense. So and then the next the next thing after that that I know you have, and this is the one that I think is this is almost as stupid as I was thinking about doing it because as much as I like the water is rowing the uh, what is it from California to Hawaii? Yeah, but there's something in between that. Oh, what's in between? I'm in talks with a company called Endure um, World Events mm -hmm. um, to climb a mountain in the Himalayas. Yeah. And yeah. that is currently in talks and is being, okay. the logistics are being planned now for 2016. Uh, and then I come straight off the back of that to row the Pacific and the Great Pacific Rail Race um, between Monterey Bay, California. Mm -hmm. And Honolulu, Hawaii, and going to do that with Darren Taylor, who's a good friend of mine from school, and want to win it, want to bust the bust the current world record, and prove beyond a shadow of a doubt that diagnosis does not hold you back. Yeah. So, and that's that'd be 2016 too. 2016. Yeah. June or late May 2016 and you know it I, I am scared of water I've had, a, <laughs> I've had a lot of hypnotherapy and that's got me through and yeah. um, working with a guy called David Brown on neuro-linguistic neuro programming to understand and come to a different way of looking at my fear of water mm. which has allowed me to do you know, triathlons allow me to do um, the kayak across Lake Erie mm -hmm. or attempt to kayak Lake Erie until the weather closed me down, I should say. Mm. Um, and I think I can do it. I believe I can do it. Yeah. And if I believe I can do it, I will do it. And I've got mm. a good, good, good row, co rower who's an experienced seafarer. So, quite frankly, I think we've got everything going for us. That sounds interesting. So, okay, here's a. We'll it's a lot in up. a year. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a lot. But you, um, know. you know, but some of my, okay, when I was racing and doing things, some of my best, you know, results and stuff were those times when it was just packed. You know, you just went from, you know, rate almost from race to race to race like that. So. Don't you find that your body gets used to it after a while? Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, you That's, adapt. Yeah. It's like they say if you know, once you're ridden the Tour de France your body literally changes and everything's easier, so Yeah. Um, but um Okay, here's you I bet you'll never guess this next question. Okay. In a million years. Uh what was the name of your first band? Oh my god. <laughs> it was a band called Niasis. Don't ask me, I didn't name it. We did two songs. We covered Detroit Rock City and um, 
born to be wild. <laughs> we thought we were rock gods, and we we re rehearsed. We I used to cycle nine miles on my my old bike out to this crappy shed at Benson near Wallingford in Oxfordshire mm -hmm. in England. And irrespective of the weather, we used to turn up there and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse and rehearse just these two songs we never did a gig and we thought we were rock stars and it was the it was good memories in a very very moldy and smelly shed so uh cool. yeah cool. that was the first one so and i'm just curious just because i've seen some pictures of the old days so how long were how long were you a rock star in <laughs> rock star <laughs> Big quotation marks um, in my lunch town. Um, no, um, I was in and out of bands up until probably about twenty-four, on and off. Yeah. And the typical, uh, you got a little, you you know how to play something, so you might as well have some fun, right? I was a huge slice of irresponsibility, and. <laughs> I have absolutely no regrets about being in a band and having uh, a slab of fun because I think it took me to places and introduced me to people and society mm. and gave me experiences that have made me the person that I am. Yeah. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm grateful for everybody that I, I played in bands with. I'm still friends with most of them. Yeah. And in fact, I'm still friends with all of them, I think. And yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's, it's great to still have that connection. Yeah. Well, that's cause you, you know, the bands never got big enough to get to that point and then it all went bad. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but well, oh yeah. And then I'm, I'm a little bit mad, little bit mad at you for moving. Why? But, well, because my mom last week said, "I'm gonna go to England in September. Know anybody there?" Oh. <laughs> give me, give me, give me, give me, give me an email, mate, and I'll, um, I'll, I'll shout yeah. you where she's going, and I'll shout you some friends of mine, and I'm sure that they'll be happy to yeah. entertain your mom. Yes. Yeah, she's gonna go on a tour, but I thought, you know, it would be kind of cool if she just met somebody. Yeah. For, oh. for, Let me know. For, uh, yeah, I will. Um, well, let's close this up, but um, I'm going to st stop recording here in a second. And then, I, and then, uh, oh, more secret stuff. I want to talk to you for just a second. So, got to tell everybody to go fast, take chances. Um, we'll put we'll put links up to all the the 10 million meters and your website and all that stuff on the on the uh, show notes, so people can can uh, find out more. And mm, if anybody you're wants still. To I'm still raising money, so if yep. anybody wants to donate, they can donate through just giving um, on my 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 um, website. If you're in the U.S., however, feel free to donate direct to Team Fox um, at Michael J. Fox Foundation or the Parkinson's Disease Society of America. So, cool, good. Uh, you you heard it from Alex. They're worth giving to. So. We'll uh, we'll assume we'll assume that we're, that's true. So, all right. Um, thanks, Alex. Hey, Randy. It no seems kind of funny to say thanks. This, we act we actually get we actually talk once in a while, just chat. 
Yeah. to drop for Stevie Ray inside.
Stay.